Welcome back to the Two Fish Podcast. My name is Nick. I'm Aaron. And this week, we're going to talk about the backlash of Roe vs. Wade and how a Christian should be responding. That's right. This week, we are diving into a hot topic, and I think we can even relate it back to some of the COVID issues. Yeah. Um, but what is our response? What should our response be? And I think we're going to have a little bit different take on this than what you guys are probably thinking we're going to. Yes. So I'm actually a little nervous. We started talking about this the other day, and and it's just because it's not an episode that we usually do, and I want to make sure we do it right without, A, I don't want to offend people. Obviously, everyone, and as we go here, everyone has their own different views on it, and that's okay. But our biggest thing here is, as we go through this is how people are responding because of the decision. And I think like you said, COVID episodes, we did however long ago, a year and a half ago, a year ago, when we were going through all that, we, we would kind of talk about it. It's like, you can have your opinion on it, but the way you respond to maybe the ruling, if it in the court case or to the, the CDC saying you got to wear masks. It's how we as Christians respond because it's going to be different than the world. It should be different yep. than the world. It's supposed to be different from the world. We should look different. And I'm not just saying, well, we need to love our neighbor. No, our, our whole response, our attitude of the response should look different. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about. We're not going to necessarily sit on the whole abortion topic that this, this is just a current event that is going on in our world right now, and the decision was overturned. If you didn't know, the decision was overturned, and the world has gone ballistic. And uh, really, the ruling is is it's not a constitutional right, I believe, to have an abortion was what the Roe versus Wade was. And basically, they've dumped it down to the state level to establish your own state laws Correct. and regulations on it. But it is definitely a hot topic, um, and one we're going to dive into what our response should look like, and I would say both Christian and non-Christians have failed at this with yes. all of the recent hot topics. Um, if you go to Trump-Biden election, if you go to Trump-Hillary election, let's just call it politics, right? And you look at COVID, like I think, I don't think the church has responded well in any of these. And to a degree, I think we're in the same scenario here again. Yeah. You don't get your way. Both sides. Doesn't matter what it is. Both sides for any issue. It seems to be the modern response to a situation, no matter what it is, is if I don't get my way, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to make a scene. I'm going to put it all over online and people are going to change it or I'm going to burn things down. And, and, and you see that not just from the world, the non-believer, which is something we would expect. Maybe I maybe that's not the right way to say that because I, I would hope and expect that people don't do that. But I can expect that from a non-believer who doesn't care. But we see it from Christians too. You you brought up politics. You brought up the Trump-Biden thing. No matter where you sit on that, the, the way that that whole thing was handled and played out was just wrong. There was so much hatred. We talk about such a division in the world right now, well, it's because of the way we respond to things. There's a right and a wrong way to respond. And we'll kind of talk through that here. And hopefully we'll have a bunch of verses for you kind of to back up that statement. So hopefully we'll get 
our feelings across to you and give you by the end something to think about this week and to mull over in your mind and say, okay, how am I responding to the things that go on around me? Yeah, so the first place we're actually going to take you, we're going to take you to Romans 12. And um, I had picked out a verse here, uh, verse 19, but actually I'm going to take that up to verse 14. Uh, So Romans 12, verse 14, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be seated. So right here, I just think this is a a great example of this Romans 12. This section is headed love and action. We come to these scenarios that are such a hot topic, and there seems to be a left side and a right side, and very few people are sitting in the middle. Yeah. Um, I think this that's one of those verses like you can't go against those that are persecuting you. You are to bless them. Um and then mourn with those who mourn for an ultimate goal of living in harmony with one another. Now this is likely talking about Christian to Christian, but there's no reason it wouldn't apply to a non Christian. If, if that person is cursing you, the best way to fight um, evil, which is down here in verse 17, is not to repay it with more evil. Yeah. So if you're in the easy scenario is your neighbor, if your neighbor is cursing you, like buy them a box of cookies. Mm. Like they're going to be like, man, I just chewed him out for like 10 minutes over his lawn being six inches tall. Why did he buy me a box of cookies? I like that. And another verse that comes to mind as you're saying that is Luke chapter 6, verse 20, starts in 27. This is, and this is the words of Jesus. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. And from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away, do not demand it back. And you wish, and as you wish that others do to you, do to them so. So I think it's that response as we're talking about these issues, as we talk about the Roe versus Wade ruling and how the world is just freaking out. You know, there's one side that says, awesome, babies aren't being killed anymore. The other side says, Oh no, I've lost my rights to healthcare. Now you wherever you fall on that, the ruling came out, the ruling is what it is, you can like it or not. There's a correct and an incorrect way to respond to that. The incorrect way is to be so angry that you're threatening people, that Supreme Court's being threatened, burning birthing centers down. Also, if you're on the side of, hey, I'm glad babies aren't being killed because that's the side you're on. It's not to dunk on the other person. It's not to say, ha ha ha, we won. You stink. We're supposed to show empathy for each other. Cause no matter what the conversation is, one side quote unquote lost. And we need to have empathy for those people. Even though we don't necessarily agree with their feelings, we need to understand that they're hurting in that. And another verse there while we're, while I'm kind of talking about that is 
there's a right way to deal with a ruling that you don't like. And it's not to threaten the supreme leaders. It's not the supreme leaders, basically. It's not to threaten the judges. It's not to threaten government. It's not to freak out. It's to say, okay, I don't agree with this. I need to change it. How can I change it? Well, I'm going to elect politicians in this case, in this scenario we're talking about, who line up with my own values and will change it. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, starting in 13, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence ignorant and foolish people. And I think that's kind of what you were saying a second ago in Rome, out of Romans is it's showing that testimony. Okay. I don't agree with this ruling. I do agree with this ruling. I want to change it. I'm not going to burn down buildings. I'm going to go, I'm going to respect the ruling, but I'm going to go the correct way to change it. If I believe it's wrong. Okay. No, I like that. One of the words that came to mind, uh, not with that last part, but the we're, we are not to gloat in that. Yeah. Um, we are not to be boastful in that winning, I would say, would be maybe the biblical word to it. Um, but not to go out and gloat and, like, rub salt in the wound, right? Ultimately, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Depending on where you sit or whatever it is, um, Romans 12, 12, 19, again, we'll go there because it kind of fits with what you just said. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Mm. So it's not our job to judge the other party, regardless of what the scenario is or what the case is. We are to leave room for God's wrath. And I think too often society has become too black and white. We're either left or we're right, and we don't leave room for the middle ground. Yeah. And I think— I think that fits into that. Like we're to leave room for God's wrath. Let God be the judge of that at the end of the day. Yeah, I I personally believe that God is sovereign. There's a lot of people that disagree with that. I think that everything that happens is exactly the way he intended on it to happen. I believe that God in in this place and time with whatever we're talking about, God knew it was going to happen. God knew that President Trump was going to win if we're talking politics. God knew that this Biden would win the next time. God knew that COVID was going to happen and that we were going to have to wear masks. And he knew that that was going to be hard for a lot of people. But like you were saying, whatever it is, God's got it under control. God knows what's going on. It's not a surprise to him. So when COVID hit and we were all forced to wear masks, whether you agreed it or not, the response shouldn't be, I'm not wearing a mask. I refuse. I'm not a sheep and make a huge scene. But also the response is not to be in the streets freaking out or in an airplane freaking out on someone who has chosen not to and to go on social media and just be little. Yeah. Or, or show partiality. You see someone that we talk about that in James. When you see someone not wearing the mask, you assume everything about them based on that one, one thing. Well, they hate, their neighbor. They don't love their neighbor because they're wearing a mask. They're they're not wearing a mask. Right. And that, I think I think with that, like, I guess my mind comes to our study on James. If you go back and listen to that, don't let your response be in anger. Yeah. Like you need to walk away 
take a moment, calm down, collect your thoughts, and then maybe reapproach that person, right? Yeah. And and have a general conversation. Without these conversations, we can't grow as a society. We can't grow our friendship if we always just if Nick and I always choose to just agree on everything. We're not going to grow deeper together. We're just always going to agree with each other. We'll have a, in my opinion, we'll have a false relationship because it doesn't allow for you to hear the other party's story. Story, and one of the one of the things I always come to um, when Trump first ran, I had a friend on Facebook was like, "If you voted for Trump, you're no longer part of my friend group. You're no longer part of my family." Like, I want you to leave my page. My comment was, that's sad. Yeah. I'm not going to not be your friend because we don't share the same political view. Because we don't share the same view on Roe versus Wade. Because we don't share the same view on wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, being vaccinated or not. If you don't allow for these conversations and you go to, I'm going to go to Proverbs 18 um, it's a Proverbs 18, verse 2. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. To me, that's that conversation. Yeah. Sit down with somebody and God can use all things for his glory. Mm. Sit down and have the conversation with somebody. Maybe you're planting a seed that wasn't there before, right? Yeah. And But if we're just going to throw throw up red flags and say, no, we're not going to have this conversation or we're going to run around and gloat in our glory. Like it's, it, we're not going to be sharing the light of Jesus in my opinion. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to grow. Like you said, for me, another funny story like that. I remember um, a family member and there's a house down the road from my house and they had a, um, a Biden flag or a Biden banner, whatever you want to call it out in the front yard. And it's a business owner and he, details cars and he's detailed a family member of mine's car i don't think we've ever taken anything there i don't know why that matters but anyway and i remember that family member happened to be in the vehicle with us driving by that sign and saw that sign he thought there you go i'm never using that guy again because he thought differently about something he was willing to say even though this guy does a great job on my vehicles even though talk about capitalism this man does a great job is worth the money he's paid because he does a great job because he believes in something that I don't, I'm not going to do business with that person anymore. Now I know there's extremes. There's extreme cases where maybe you shouldn't do business with someone who's doing something illegal or doing something, but you have a different opinion on some stuff you're closing. You're, you're widening that gap. We're always talking about the world is so apart, which I think is biblical. I think, it points to in times. I think it points to revelation. You start reading revelation. It doesn't get any better people from this point on. It doesn't get any better. So as we we're widening that gap, because we're not willing to say, you know what? I don't agree with you. I'm not even going to talk to you. I'm not even going to have a conversation with you. I'm just going to cut you out of my life. Like you were saying with that guy on Facebook, that's not the right response. That's not a loving response. No, it's not. And We'll go back to Romans 12 here. Uh, continued on in verse 19. Um, no, verse 20 says, On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. 
and doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. So sometimes sitting down and having a drink with that person does more to convicting him than you standing in front of him and belittling him or as we like to do now on Facebook or whatever social media app, we love to go jump in the comments field and just trash people. Like it's just sad. But if you would sit down and maybe give them a bite to eat or give them something to drink. Yeah. So Aaron and I were talking off air here a couple of years ago, you know, I was did the, the word of the year kind of thing. And I was praying and I'm like, Lord, give me a year that I can focus on. Give me something I can focus on for the year. And I really believe that, well, A, I believe that our word every year should be Jesus. That's kind of encompasses all of it. It's a good word for every year. But I really felt like empathy was a word that I needed to have for the year. And I tell you that I've grown more by thinking about the word empathy than a lot of things. Another verse, because we want to back this up with scripture, Romans 12, 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. So in every circumstance where there is going to be a decision, no matter what it is, one part of that decision is going to feel wronged, is going to feel like they lost. And like you said, rather than gloat about it, we need to show empathy. We need to put our put our feet in someone else's shoes, so to say, having that conversation like you're talking about, but showing empathy for someone else. And I, I'm telling you, I was very straight. This is right. This is wrong. This is black. This is white. Like you were saying a second ago, but the world is gray. Our relationships are gray. There is right. And there is wrong. There is black and there's white, but around those core values, there's a lot of gray. And so to, to now the woman who thinks that she's lost her health care, rather than just cut her out and say, well, she needs to stop living a life of sin or whatever it is, maybe put your, put your feet in her shoes and say, why, why do you feel that way? What happened in your life that makes you afraid of, you know what I mean? Like there's a conversation there. Yeah. There's an empathy rather than again, partiality, just assuming well, she's living in sin and she's just living this life of having sex with everybody. She just needs to close her legs. I, I, I've seen that in so many comments. Rather than just say that, have, have that conversation. Why do you feel that way? Let, let me live your life for a second. and have you, you may not agree at the end of the day. You still may not agree in her position. But you can understand rather than just writing her off. Writing just, rather than just writing him off. Whatever the situation is, empathy is such a huge thing. Right. And the way you bring that up made made me just pop to my head another conversation I had with a guy. And I and I think this fits in with this road versus Wade. We're we're putting a somewhat of a band-aid at the end of the road, but we haven't dealt with the original sin. That's good. So we're just we're putting a band-aid up here at the end. But we're not dealing with the sin down here. We're not dealing with the porn industry. We're not dealing with TV and what they're showing. We're not dealing with the video games these kids are playing and the activities that go on in those games. That's leading to sexual sin and immorality, which leads to 
people getting pregnant that shouldn't be getting pregnant and all that. Like we're, we're not dealing with families, how we've just, they've just been torn apart. Yeah. There's a, there's a whole, like we got to get down to the root of the issues and where the roots of the issues start. And you can't do that when you're not willing to sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. And I'll go to first Peter five for that. Um, and they're talking for advice for the elders and young men. Verse two says, care for the flock that God has entrusted you. Watch over it, watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. Yeah. We're all given a flock to watch over. We're all given a, a group of people that we're surrounded with, whether they be Christian, non-Christian. At work, you got a flock. If you're a boss, everybody under you is your flock. You got to be willing to have conversations. Yeah. And some of these conversations are deep. They're difficult. Um, and I would put this Roe versus Wade in a very deep and difficult conversation. Um for the reasons why people might end up in that scenario. Yeah. But I think a lot of times we're not dealing with the root cause of the scenarios. That's good. And, and a lot of times those root causes are, are some pretty horrible things in people's lives. It might not even be their fault. Like, like I said, a second ago, the family has just been torn apart. So those root things and walking alongside the flock, like you said, uh, Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's that's coming alongside in those conversations, realizing, oh, maybe there's some mental health issues here. Maybe there's some, the church has done in the past a horrible job at this. We talk about homosexuality. The way the church has dealt with those people in the past has not been right. It's been not loving. Everyone wants to say, love your neighbor. Everyone wants to say, Everyone, ever, the church has always wanted to say homosexuality is wrong. And, and I, I believe that too, but the church has thrown people out. The church has, well, you just need to pray away the gay. I mean, that was the saying for years, like, yes, we need to have prayer, but we also need to come alongside those people and not just cast them out in the street and say, they're not good. Yeah. If you're not willing to show them the light, they're always going to live in darkness. Yes. And that might be, that might turn a, a bunch of people off right now that we just said that. On for one end, homosexuality in the Bible seems to be a sin. But on the other side, the way we deal with those people, the church is not dealing with it right on a lot of these issues. We just use homosexuality as one. We need to be better. Now, that's not to say that you allow sin or you agree with sin or you partake in sin, whatever it is, drunkenness. It's not, we're not participating in it. We're walking alongside and bearing that bearing that burden with that person. It's all, it's all about empathy. So just to kind of wrap this conversation up a couple of verses here. And one that all, everyone always wants to throw out when they're having any kind of conversation, whether it's masks, whether it's the Rover's weight thing, whether it's politics, whatever it is, everyone wants to say, John 15, 12, this is my commitment that you love one another. Yes, we do need to love one another, but sometimes that's in a response of losing. 
Sometimes that's, we need to love people even though we're losing. And I say losing, and maybe that's not the right word. We're just having a conversation here. But pro, if you're pro-choice and pro-life has just won, you feel like you lost. Well, even in that loss, you should love those who have quote-unquote won. There should still be love there. Jesus called us not to just love our neighbor when we're winning, not to just love our neighbor sometimes, love our neighbor even in the losing. And I think the last verse then to wrap, kind of wrap this up, we, we talked about this in our study of Second Peter. Go back and listen to this because we really broke down. This is almost like a checklist kind of thing. Yeah. And most building things in my life is realizing what empathy means and how that works. But this is like a checklist of, hey, I've gotten here. I need to work here, which starts Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. three. So it starts, uh, the heading on this is growing in your faith. Jump down to verse 5, though. In all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Like, it just walks you right through it. And at the end of the day, as you continue to grow in your faith, we are called not only to love our brothers and sisters, but to love everyone. Yeah. And ultimately, that's the goal, And I believe. And if you want to take that even further, verse 8 there, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So right there is the challenge for the week. Yeah. Right there, verse 8, 2 Peter chapter 1. Grow like this. Yeah. Like everything he talked about above there, no matter what the scenario is, no matter what side of the table you sit on, with Roe versus Wade, be willing to have the conversation with somebody that might sit on the other side of the fence, not only so you can grow, but so they can grow. Don't have an argument. There's a difference between an argument and a conversation. Yeah. I like that. Go this week, think about those things, and come back next week and join us on the Two Fish Podcast.